This is the Douglas Robin Show. Good afternoon, folks. I hope everyone is well out there. Welcome to Douglas Robin's Den of Discussion, episode 11. Today we're going to discuss courageous, being courageous, and daring greatly. And those two subjects, you know, they seem easy, right? On the subject, yeah, we watch it in movies, but courage is means something is on the line. You can't have courage without the opposite, without a, an, a possibility of failure or death or defeat. <clears throat> and daring greatly is taking that courage and taking that fear or even those negative beliefs and championing them and say, I'm going to do it no matter what the outcome, no matter how many pitfalls or sharks or alligators might be in, in the way. But I'd like to back this up um, for a minute. You know, when I was a kid, I was in a lot of pain. And I'm um, not going to get into why, but I was in a lot of pain and um, was afraid. Was afraid of myself, was afraid of judgment was afraid of school and entering school. I mean, I was always afraid of that humiliation, um, judgment, criticism, didn't belong there. Um, and I held on to that fear very tightly as if it was my best friend, my guru. And it protected me from trying. It protected me in keeping me hidden from that love and passion. Um, it kept me in that pain. I didn't understand that it wasn't a truth. So for instance, I, I, I loved playing baseball and I was actually very good at it. I, um, one of the last years I played, I led the league in doubles, triples and home runs. And it was an excellent first baseman. The coach would hit me ball after ball and I would just snag them all. And uh, I remember one day I probably picked up 25 in a row and just I got very self-conscious that the rest of the team was just standing and waiting. So I booted the next one deliberately. Um, but there was a time when, when in my early teens when baseball I was on a bigger field, the pitches were faster, um, curves, et cetera. And I didn't know how to be resilient. I didn't know how to dare greatly or be courageous. I didn't know how to ask for help. So I hung up my cleats, so to speak, and walked away from that dream of, of playing baseball. And, and who knows where it would have gone, um, high school, college, uh, nobody knows. So it ended prematurely because of fear because of the belief that said, I'll never get there. I'm gonna be hurt on top of this hurt. And so I pushed the love aside. I pushed that belief aside. And you know, when you're a kid, you what are the dreams? Well, you're gonna be hitting a home run to win the World Series or scoring that football, that touchdown or basketball, you know, a three-pointer at the buzzer. 
it's never, oh, I'm going to be sitting on the bench quietly, anonymously, as in no one. The dream that love is enriched with that beautiful image of success and on the mountaintop of our best selves. There's a woman, uh, uh, you've probably seen her name, Brene Brown. She's a lecturer, she's a PhD, but she studies vulnerability and courage. She has a great uh, TED talk, but there's also a, a, a video on um, Netflix that you can find, profound stuff. And she you know, has studied courage um, with Marines and Special Forces and everyone else, and has found the, the, the answer that there is no fear without courage, that you must have something to lose, crossing a battlefield or putting yourself out there um, one way or the other, there must be something at risk, judgment. We're all afraid of judgment. But that judgment keeps us trapped, that fear of the judgment. My mother had been sick for many years and, and died of cancer uh, long ago, and she tried everything to be positive. And she was naturally a positive person, but she, I remember she had a book called You Cannot Afford the Luxury of a Negative Thought. And there was an example of a guy who saw a woman across uh, the restaurant or a restaurant and wanted to ask her out, but the fear defeated him. So he never had a chance. It was a 100% chance of being defeated. However, if he had gone across and found that courage with that risk of fear, with that risk of failure, he had a chance of getting her number or talking with her. But because that self-talk, that negativity defeated him, there was no chance he was ever going to move forward. So with the baseball, it was something that I loved dearly. And I walked away from it and I held on to the doubts. I held on to that lack of belief, that lack of, of understanding. You know, it was a setback. And I didn't understand how to, you know, I was on the bigger field. I wasn't swinging well and uh, the bats were too heavy. I didn't know how to ask for help. Um, but to get back to the courage and the daring greatly, we have to, we must put ourselves out there because how many of us are living small I was living small for many years, job to job, hiding. I was trying to write, but still hiding in those jobs, hiding behind that wall of shame and pain. I got into to drugs and drinking for years and thinking they were going to save me. Well, they would lift me when I did whatever, but it didn't save me. It didn't save me from that undertow of pain and shame. Then I would just have to go right back and do whatever again because I was in pain. So now I meditate. There are deep places we can go to beneath the busy chatter ego mind. And that's a safe space because that's where truth is. 
it's not about ba 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 ba. You can, you can't. I mean, there are times when I say something, the brain just says the exact opposite immediately. Doesn't matter what it is. I like ham. No, I don't like ham. You know, it really doesn't matter what it is. But we must heal. And that takes courage in itself to go into some of these dark places and say, I, I don't want you to own me anymore. What is the truth here? And, and we must, those dark places are not there to destroy us. They will keep us in check only until you start sitting with them and say, well, what is this? Why do I feel this way? Why am I on high alert all the time? Why is everything um, survival and, and, you know, um, fight or flight, you know, that we're all under so much stress and we're bombarded with noise and misinformation and information and we can't tell the difference half the time what is what. And shame on the people disseminating misinformation. But we also must, we also have our own paths, no matter what that information is. We have our own truths and typically we know truths when we hear them. Not always, because we can all be misled. But the truth that comes from within that soul's purpose, like I said, when, when you're a kid, you don't dream of sitting on that bench and saying, oh, I wish I could sit on the bench in the World Series and not be noticed. No, you want to be up there and crack a double down the line. You want to hit one over the fence. And so we all must find the healing in meditation, in, in, in tracing thoughts back to events, because many of the interpretations are erroneous, uh, they're misinformed, um, they're, they're scattered, they're, they're incomplete. But that truth that is still gnawing to be seen is still there. We're playing small, it doesn't go away. It will gnaw on your thoughts at night. It will gnaw on your heart during the day. There is no getting around it. So I, I would encourage all of us because we all are part of the solution and part of the problem. And the solution is finding a way to honor our truths finding a way to, to honor that love that we have because it's so easy to bury it. Bury it in distraction, in video games, in movies, in drugs, in drinking, in anything that takes you away from that because it seems like pain we don't want to touch, it, but we have to. That's the only way we can move through it and take back that consciousness, take back those pieces of ourselves to become what we're supposed to be here. Because nobody dreams of being some putts, you know, uh, at some you know nine to five job. That's that's a, that's a paying the bills. I understand we all need to do that, and sometimes we need to jump from that. But daring boldly, courageously, leaders in the past—Martin Luther King, Lincoln, anybody you want to come up with—Gandhi. These guys had guts. I'm sure Martin Luther King Jr. knew his life was on the line. But he did it for a higher purpose. We all must find that courage. And I know it can be a scary place out there.
but there are friends, there are allies, there are many people trying to make a difference, and we all have to start now. So that's it. I bid you a great day. And life is short. Crap happens. People die. That's the one thing. How do you want to look back on your life? How do I want to look back on my life? Said, what have I done? Oh, I wasted 30 years and I got a pen and a clock from a, you know, a company. It's easy to stand in a group and hem and haw and stomp our feet. <clears throat> it takes guts to stand outside of a group and say, you know, guys, this isn't really for me. I, I kind of disagree. Takes guts to be an individual, and we all have to keep fighting for it in the present. Whatever happened in the past, don't be trapped in the future. The present is where the power is. The present is where the power is. Hope you have a great day. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to The Douglas Robbins Show. To find out more about Douglas and his books, check out douglasrobbinsauthor.com.